Frigid wind whipped through the man's wet, dark brown hair through an open window as he drove through the isolated night at the midnight hour. Trees encroached on the lonely pavement from both sides, almost suffocating even the stars above. The road ahead was pitch black. The only light that illuminated the darkness was his car headlights. His eyelids were heavy, a feeling of exhaustion slowly shutting down every part in his body, tensing in a way that wouldn't be relieved until he fell asleep. I can pull off here, lock the car, sleep until morning. Then, get back on the road. That single thought sparked in his otherwise empty mind. He drove for another few minutes debating the idea. He was far from anyone that could rob or kill him, and the last car he'd seen was almost four hours prior. His mind growing more tired by the second, he decided to go through with it. His car began to slow, then, seemingly fading in from the pitch black, there were several dim lights just down the road. It was a roadside motel. Countless dim lights dotted the walls next to room doors. The parking lot was chock full of vehicles, but there wasn't a soul outside and all the room curtains were drawn, the man could tell as he approached. He stopped his car briefly, thinking he would search for the motel online. He hadn't remembered seeing any promotion for a motel this far in the middle of nowhere, nor had he seen anything on the GPS last he checked it. His phone screen came to life, a picture of him and a woman set as his wallpaper. He stared at the picture for a few seconds, thoughts of what he'd done bouncing through his mind, stabbing the edges of his brain, screaming to escape. He looked at the top of his phone. No service, it read. He set his phone in the seat next to it as it slid into red liquid that stained the gray seat covers. He put his car in drive and pulled to the motel parking lot. He found one of only three empty parking spaces left as he shut the car off. He exhaled heavily before sniffing. He stepped out, taking the keys with him and locking the vehicle as he did so. He made his way to the main office, which was perhaps the brightest part of the entire building. Every room he passed on the way there, the curtains drawn and zero-like peaked between the thin cracks that separated the two window covers. He reached the office and stepped inside into the extremely warm room as the bell dinged gently above the door. An Asian man dressed in a red Hawaiian shirt, walked out of a small room, seemingly his office, and stepped up to the counter to greet the man. Hello there. I presume you're looking for a room for the night? The Asian man queried. It almost sounded like he had difficulty speaking. Not difficulty in English, but speaking in general. His voice was rough and rigid. Uh, yeah, just a room for the night, please. The man responded, sweat dripping down the side of his face. Uh, awfully warm in here, the man said as he stood at the counter, anxiously awaiting his room key. Oh, yes. I hate the cold. The Asian man paused several times through the middle of his sentence. If I stay... Outside, too long, the cold begins to hurt. He continued. Uh, yeah. The man gulped. What was your name? 
the Asian man asked. As the man gave his name and credit card to pay for the room, he could only think of what was going to happen to him if anybody figured out what he'd done. Oh, no. Free of charge. Your... Room. The Asian man stated, taking a breathy and lengthy pause after your... Confused, the man thanked him, took the room key, and left. Stepping into the cold night air, he looked to the second floor of the motel where his room was. He quickly walked up the stairs and ended up at his room. He looked around and to the outside of the motel. The place was completely surrounded by trees and in the middle of nowhere. Such a strange place to build a motel, he thought. But maybe it was the best place they could have built it. A resting place for the weary traveler as they continue onward to their final stop. He reached his room, put the key in the lock, and stepped inside. The man's heart pounded at his chest. They could never pin him for it, right? He couldn't let anybody find out what he'd done. He walked to the room's bathroom and flicked the light on. He twisted the sink's cold water handle, causing a rush of water down. The man leaned down and put his hands under the stream of water, splashing it up onto the face, running his hands through his drying hair. He looked at himself in the mirror as he shut the water off, staring deeply into his own pupils, into his gaunt eyes and rough face. Suddenly, pulling away from the sink, he left the bathroom and headed for the room's bed. He kicked his wet shoes off and took off his partially damp pants. He climbed into bed, hoping to put the night's experience behind him. Thinking about it was torture. What he'd done, what she'd done to him. As he laid on the stiff mattress underneath the frigid and crusty blanket, inside the near pitch black room, he ran his fingers across the scratches on his forearm. They'd bled earlier in the evening, but he'd managed to stop that after he took back control of the situation. The scratches still hurt, stinging with every touch, causing the faintest of pain in his arm. He returned his arms to their normal positions as he tried to get some sleep. He stared at the window to the outside, the crack between the curtains glowing a bright orange from the security lights that dotted the exterior of the walls. He swallowed hard. He couldn't shake the feeling they'd figure it out. The people that'd be coming after him weren't stupid. His conscious mind was confident that he'd escape it, but what he'd done would become nothing more than another addition to an already long list. But deep in his subconscious mind, he knew what was going to happen to him. They'd find him. They'd find her. They'd take him in. And they'd take him down. He'd gotten sloppy at the end. She fought back, something he hadn't been expecting. All the preparations he'd done, the planning that had gone into it, none of it mattered as the most savage and primal parts of his mind took control and his rough hands wrapped around her neck. He thought swirled in his mind, and to begin his conscious. It was ripping him apart, but no matter what he felt, he couldn't give up. He couldn't turn himself in. He knew what would be waiting for him on the other side. Just as the man's mind had begun to settle for sleep, something startled him. 
A dark figure appeared outside his window. His curtains had been drawn when he entered the room, but a small space still remained between them, illuminated by the orange wall light on the outside. The figure stood there, idle, not moving at all, seemingly staring at the man. He didn't move. He was too mortified that it would see he was still awake, that whoever it was would try to get in. Just as quickly as it had appeared, though, the figure had vanished, moving out of sight. He thought about the door. He couldn't recall if he'd locked it or not. It wasn't exactly the sort of motel where the doors would lock after shutting, either. Confident the figure was at least far enough away from the door for the men to creep over to it, he quietly but hurriedly got out of his bed and crept across the musty carpet to the auburn door, stained and discolored with unidentifiable smears. As his hand reached out for the doorknob's lock, the door popped out of frame, slowly opening inward, leaving the man just enough time to reach past the now moving door and flick the light switch on. He quickly backed up to a small table at the edge of the room. An empty vase sat atop it. He reached for the vase to arm himself against the intruder. As the tips of his fingers collided with it, the vase dissipated into smoke, which almost instantly drifted up into the air and faded away. The man's harp leapt into his throat, a lump swelling up in his neck at the sight of the vanishing vase brought into question if any of what was happening was even real. The door opened fully, revealing not a lurking criminal, but a strange Asian man that operated the front desk. Ah, hello. Just checking in with my customers. He wiped saliva from the corner of his mouth. Do you ch check up on people that stay in the motel? In the middle of the night? The man queried, attempting to sound more tough than terrified. Oh, yes. All my customers get special treatment. The Asian man's voice became different almost instantly. The front desk, and a few moments ago, it was... off, but... now there was something more rough and rigid. It almost sounded like more than one voice, multiple combined into one, the nuances and individuality of each of them brutally smashed into one singular, broken voice. How... are you? The Asian man asked, saliva now visibly dripping from his mouth. Uh, good, the man replied. Now, I'd like to get back to sleep if that's alright with you, he requested. The Asian man stood still and silent for a few minutes. The man followed suit and stared at him. The Asian man's eyes looked, looked almost glazed over, and he hadn't blinked at all in the entire interaction. Suddenly... Without warning or even saying a word, the Asian man began to choke and cough. His throat began to bulge and his head tilted backward. Are... are you alright, sir? The man asked, readying his hands in case he was attacked. The saliva that had pooled at the edges of the Asian man's mouth began to drip down his chin and onto the shirt. As the man continued to gargle, choke, and cough, blood began to spurt up and out of his throat, like he was coughing something up. The man became increasingly concerned, prepping himself for even more of a fight, balling his hands into fists. But then, something dark brown began to reach out of the Asian man's throat. 
It looked leathery and worn. Fingers stretched out of the man's bulging neck, following a similarly leathery arm, covered in scratches and wrinkles. Garbled yet sinister groans crawled their way out of the Asian man's mouth. Tears began to swell around the stretching eye sockets, the skin around his eyes beginning to rip apart. The arm reached out, pulling its way out using the Asian man's jaw as leverage, eventually resting its long, spindly fingers on the man's shoulder. It repeated the process with another arm, and then more. It pushed its way up from inside the man out through his mouth. As its head, or whatever analog this creature might have had for that, came out, the Asian man's head began to rip in two, the skin at the mouth splitting in half and tearing down his chest. Ignoring any sense of finesse or mindfulness for the Asian man's body, the creature forced its way out of the newly widened opening, completely ripping his top half open and nearly falling out as blood, bile, and saliva and mucus spilled out into the floor, staining it even further than already was. The creature moaned and screamed as it quickly skittered to the floor and slipped in the vile concoction it decorated the carpet with, its thin, spider-like legs shaking like a newborn fawn trying to stand for the first time. As the creature attempted to rise from its repulsive pool of liquids, the man rushed at it, hoping to take advantage of its frail limbs and get around it, where he could make a break for his car. He quickly approached it and skirted around to the side of the leathery creature, where he tried to jump over it and out the door, which had become blocked when the monster collapsed onto the musty beige carpet. With a terrified, breathy, and quiet yelp, the man tried to hop over the writhing being as it found its way to its feet. It reached back and grabbed the man's leg as he jumped, pulling him backwards slightly before the creature's hand slid off the man's leg, its long and jagged fingernails tearing at the flesh on his calf, blood spattering under the creature. His upper body dropped forward as the creature pulled his leg, and the man fell onto the ornate yet cheap-feeling wrought iron railing that guarded the edge of the second floor of the motel. The railing seemed to moan in pain as he fell against it, squealing as he wrapped his fingers around it as he attempted to catch himself, so as not to allow the abomination behind him any more of a head start than it needed. His chest smashed into the railing as well, knocking the air out of his lungs, leaving him immobile for several seconds before he took a deep breath back in and his distraught mind reminded him of why he'd attempted to escape in the first place. The man heard a loud groaning behind him as he pushed against the railing to get back to his feet. The railing had become weakened when he'd fallen onto it, as the man pushed back, it ripped away from the second floor's walkway, almost falling completely to the parking lot beneath it. A sheen of sweat slowly began to appear on the man's forehead as he stood up straight, almost stumbling back against the wall. The creature had also found its way to its feet as the man was distracted. It stepped out of the doorway of the man's motel room and lurched at him, reaching its arm out as the man ducked away from the creature and made a break for the stairs down to the first floor and parking lot. In the few seconds he'd seen the creature as it stood in the doorframe, illuminated by the room's light, he caught a glimpse of the monstrosity in full. Eyes of complete, pooling, glowing yellow ran from what might have been the top of its head to the beginning of its torso. It almost lacked shoulders entirely. The skin was dark brown, almost black and leathery, detailed with wrinkles and scars, presumably wounds inflicted in an attempt from previous victims to defend themselves had forearms, the bottom two of which had been obscured by the rest of the creature's previous domicile, but now rested at its side in full view. A sideways mouth with what looked like three dozen jagged, razor-sharp teeth wrapped around its torso beneath glowing eyes. Its 
fingers were long and thin as it reached towards the man, as it gargled and dripped a strange purple liquid from its elongated mouth. It stood on two legs, both longer than the man's, thin and weak-looking, yet the creature looked more steady and stable than it had when it was on the ground. He quickly rushed to the stairs, not wanting to become the next victim. The man had only a few inches to go before his feet touched the top step, when the horror that lumbered behind him reached out and grabbed him. The man pulled away, yelling as he did so. The creature had grabbed the man's dingy white shirt and pieces ripped off between fingers as the man broke free. He fell forward in his aggressive pull out of the monster's grasp, losing whatever stability his feet had previously maintained. The momentum carried his body forward, and his foot caught in the small lip that rested before the first step, causing him to tumble at a potentially fatal rate down the stairs to the first floor. He couldn't grab a hold of the railing of either side of the stairs, as his body began to descend far too quickly to realize what was happening. He howled in agony as he rolled down the concrete steps, which in this moment felt more real than anything else happening around him. Though he'd bounced and missed several steps by the time he was halfway down, he almost thought he could feel each one connect with his body, his torso, his legs, or his arms as he crushed against the cement staircase, hurriedly tumbling down in a confusing swirl of pain and fear. So far, his head was relatively unscathed, with the body taking most of the consistent impact, but as he hit the final few steps before the first floor's concrete, his body jumped in the air a few inches before crashing down. His head cracked against the ground, blurring his vision and disorienting the man further than he had already become. Maybe two, three seconds had passed as the man lay in the cement, blood dripping from his calf onto the cold ground, his head still swirling from the descent in contact with the concrete walkway. He attempted to get up, pulling his weakened, battered arms from his sides into place underneath his chest. As hard as he tried, his elbows buckled under the weight. It wasn't possible for him to pull himself to his feet, much less beat this creature to his car, get in, lock it, start and take off. Even if he could somehow make it to his vehicle, the creature would likely smash the window in before the man in his concussed haze could start the car. But something flashed in his mind. As he did a mental check of his legs, the man found he couldn't move those very well either. He was effectively immobile, locked in place, hunted by a creature that was feet away in the cold night's air. His mind passed over another thought. It jumped from his subconscious to the forefront of his consciousness now. He'd forgotten his keys. In his haste to escape the room, blocked by the abomination that was now descending the stairs towards him, he left his keys on the nightstand beside the bed. Even if he could somehow find the strength to get up, he wasn't going to be able to outrun it back up the stairs, slip past the door, and make it to his car before the creature could grab a hold of him. His checklist was far longer than the creature's. The creature slowed its walk as it descended the stairs, creeping down them in full view of the man, who now rested, unable to move on the ground. He began to cry. Tears dripped from his eyes, his cheeks beginning to glisten in the faint moonlight. What are you? He whimpered quietly. Why are you doing this to me? He asked faintly, his voice becoming increasingly weak. The creature approached him, now almost tiptoeing, as it slowly dropped to the ground to rest on hands and knees. A raspy, patchwork voice crawled out of its gargantuan mouth. 
in a guttural manner, many voices sounding strained. He could hear his own echo back from the amalgamation of individualities wielded together inside the being. You. You. It whispered back to the man as the purple liquid dripped from the mouth onto the cement beneath its leathery skin. What are you? It queried in the man's own voice, bookended by a slightly metallic sound in the echo. It was clearer. He could hear only himself speaking from inside the thing now. Tears streamed down his face as his voice faded into the background, drowned out by the others, only now a hazy tint on the tongue of this abomination, distorted by the countless other cries and whimpers of lost souls attempting to claw their way out of its final resting place. His tears began to slow. He'd accepted what was about to happen to him. There'd be no true consequence for what he'd done to her. This, in some strange, unfathomable, cosmic way, would be his end, brought to him by what he'd done. It would all fade away. No resolution ever brought to the minds of those hurt by the tragedy. Only the universe would know his ending. What he'd done, how he'd pay for it. The creature slowly rose. It stretched its long arm out, its hands and fingers wrapping around the man's ankle. It walked slowly out into the moonlit parking lot, dragging the still-alive man behind it. The two continued into the night, far away from any prying eyes. Just a crime and its punishment.